the Lord, as you've let us know this morning that you want us to engage for the encounter. (laughs) You want us to prepare our hearts to encounter you. That's what we do right now. We engage. We focus. Jesus, be the center. So we just close our eyes right now. And we take a moment and we just pause in your presence. We see law in your presence. As we focus our gaze on you, we're here, Lord. We're here at the altar. What do you want to mark us with this morning? What encounter do you have for us? We're focused on you. Because it's all about you. It's all about you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the Lord began to speak to me about different altars that we have to build at certain times. One of them he highlighted to me was the altar of repentance. We have to have a lifestyle of repentance. Can I be honest with you? Repentance has kind of like a taboo connotation to it. Because, of course, when we think about repentance, we think, okay, you did something really bad. I mean, we know when John the Baptist was on the scene, he was telling all the people, repent for the kingdom of God is in hand. Amen. Jesus kept talking about repentance. Repent, repent. And so repentance has kind of gained this taboo feel to it where you had to be doing something so bad and so deep in sin that you need to repent. You need to repent and turn. Turn or or turn and or you're going to burn. You got to (laughs) repent. But can I tell you that one thing that God has really taught me is repentance is truly just that. It's turning. It's a U-turn. It's turning away from and turning towards him. I'm going to say that again. Repentance is turning away from and turning towards him. So with repentance, it could be, yes, a major sin. But can I just say this? There's no major or minor sin. Come on, somebody. (laughs) There's no major or minor Sin is sin. Okay, are you guys awake? <laughs> All right, sin is sin. We can't categorize our sin. 
We can't compartmentalize our sin. We can't level our sin. And and also, and also, we can't say things like, well, they're sinners, but I'm not. Or that's a whole nother level of sin, but what but maybe, you know, me, that's not that's like low level. No, sin is sin. Sin is sin. That's why we have to have an altar of repentance. Because we should always be in a a, a posture where God, I never wanna go in the wrong direction. I always wanna go in your direction. But our flesh will steer us in different directions because of temptation, different things. It could be different things. We Doors get opened. And sometimes we willingly open the door. For example, when we think about sexual sin, we willingly open that door. We make the decision. Or it could be uh, other things like sexual sin that, you know what, like, I didn't open that door, but it's open. Even hatred, malice, bitterness, manipulation, that opens a door. Witchcraft, come on, that's a door that can be opened. So we have to be mindful of the fact that there are different things that are sin in our lives. But if we don't have that heart of repentance constantly coming and saying, God, I want to, I'm going to build an altar of repentance. We're always going to stay focused on that thing instead of turning away from it. God says, I want my people to turn away from it. In fact, that's what he says in second Chronicles seven fourteen. He says, turn from their wicked ways." Turn from their wicked ways. So, like I said earlier, sin is sin. You may not see it as sin. You may not call it sin because it's comfortable. That's why we build a tower. (laughs) That's my comfort place. That's just what I do. That's just how I am. That's what my family did. But if it isn't holy, and acceptable in the sight of God, it's sin. And that is why we have to repent. Now, you may say, how am I going to repent for something I didn't do? For example, my family line. There may be are things that were open in my family, but why am I repenting for it? I didn't do it. Well, think about this. There was a moment with David in the Bible. And there was a famine in the land. And he sought the Lord. He went to the altar and he sought the Lord. And he said, Lord, why is there this famine in the land? And the Lord began to remind him of the sin of his fathers. Fathers, fathers. And what did David do? He began to repent. He brought his entire nation to the feet of Jesus, and he repented. And the Lord lifted that famine off the land. Sometimes we don't realize that we've come into agreement 
with things that are not of God. And because we've done it all our lives, or it's just part of how we grew up, or it's part of our family, our culture, come on, it's part of our culture, we just have done it. You know, I think what was pretty amazing in this last season, specifically about, you know, repentance, there's some cultures where, okay, how do I say this? When we think about this racial tension we've had in our nation, that that has become, in some cases, cultural, where it's just handed down from generation to generation. So it's just it's just cultural. It's just how we are. We just don't like those people. But it's not something that you can explain. It's just what you've grown up with. And so it's so rooted. It's so rooted that we literally have a tendency and a turn to 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 not like a certain people group. And it can be, it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about a particular race, black, white, whatever. But it is a cultural tendency. This is what God shows me. And that we have to repent. We have to repent for that. Because biblically, it's not okay. Just because it's how your family rolls doesn't mean it's okay. So we have to repent and say, Lord, forgive me for coming into agreement with the lie that I can't like that people group. Lord, forgive me and I denounce that lie. And I come out of agreement with that in Jesus' name. Come on. That's how we build an altar of repentance. We can't keep brushing things under the rug. Well, I'm good. I'm totally good. But now my family, they're a whole other thing. If your family is tending, has a tendency or been to push out a people group, you need to repent on behalf of your family to break that generational curse. Because if we don't, if we don't repent, we are actually coming into agreement and that door is open. And we wonder why there's certain things that are happening. We have to repent. You know, I I love David. David was always quick to repent. Quick to repent. He wasn't perfect. He did something. I mean, think about the situation with him and Bathsheba. Here he is, the king. And he makes a decision. that is pretty serious. Not only does he lay with another man's wife, but then he murders the husband so he can have the wife. But David 
lived a lifestyle of repentance. I mean, you see it throughout the Bible. But specifically in Psalm 51, I want to take you there. I want to show you this because he begins to build an altar of repentance. One of the things that is important is that we confess. We confess our sin to the Lord. And we can say things like, Lord, if there's anything in me, take it out. And we can do that. But, you know, one of the things the Lord has taught me is, like, be specific. (laughs) Be specific. What do you want me to take out? What is that thing, that sin? What are you repenting of? Come on, you gotta you gotta say it. You gotta be specific of what it is. A lot of times I may not say that if I'm on the line or you know, because that's between me and the Lord. That's between me and the Lord. Repentance is not meant to shame you, shame off of you. Jesus took that shame off of you, the guilt off of you, when he washed you of your sin. But we still sin, so uh, that's why we have to repent and apply the blood of Jesus. Don't ever believe that, okay, well, it's under the blood. Wait a minute now, because if you just keep saying it's under the blood, it's under the blood, it's under the blood, then there's consequences to that sin. It's, 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 it's under the blood when you repent. <laughs> Amen? It's under the blood when you repent. Okay. I want to read this to you. Um, Psalm 51. I'm going to read it out of the Passion because I love the wording in the Passion. It says, God, give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. I know your abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt. Because your compassion is so great. Take away this shameful guilt of sin. Forgive the full extent of my rebellious ways and erase this deep stain on my conscience. Notice the wording. Listen to what he says. He says, forgive the full extent of my rebellious ways. You see, when we repent, we say, God, remove it all. Remove that, 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 you know, as I've been praying lately, remo- remove the thorn in my flesh. Paul talked about a thorn in his flesh. You know, I said, God, remove the log in my eye. <laughs> Come on. Right? Instead of, you know, saying the speck, I say the log because if I'm judging someone, or being judgmental, or seeing things from a wrong perspective. God, remove the log out of my eye. I repent for seeing it that way, for for judging other people. I am not the judge. You are. God, forgive me for that. I even say, Lord, Remove the stone out of my hand. Remember, Jesus told the people 
with the woman caught in adultery, those who have no sin throw the first stone. And the Bible says that they just put down their stones and walked away because they all had sin and fallen short. Come on. We all have sin and fallen short. So I say, Lord, remove the stone out of my hand. If I'm throwing stones but I have sin, I better I better not I I gotta remove that stone out of my own hand. Repentance is so powerful. It's the one thing that we struggle with because we 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 again we feel like there's levels to sin. So if I'm not that, if I feel like that over there is so extreme and I'm not doing that, then why am I repenting something so insignificant, something so small in your eyes? But what does God say about it? That's why we come to the altar and we give it to him. We say, God, what do you, what do you think about this? God will begin to speak to you. You know, when you spoke to that person, and you made the decision to judge them, or maybe I asked you to go and pray for that person, and you you didn't do it. Maybe you told a lie. God says, if you bring it to me, if you turn away from that, if you repent, if you repent, I will be quick to forgive you. I will be quick to wash you clean. This is why we build an altar of repentance. So we can continually come to this place and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, search me. Search me, Lord. And as the Lord begins to search your heart, what is he highlighting? What is he showing you? You can even say, Holy Spirit, or Father God, or Jesus, is there anyone I need to forgive? And if he puts a name in your spirit, the first thing you need to do is say, Lord, I I repent for holding that person captive with unforgiveness. Because you know that's what we do, right? When we don't forgive people, we have prisoners. Like, 
we we become prison wardens because we got all these people in jail. You're in jail. You're in jail. You're in jail. That's what we do when we don't forgive people. We hold people in jail. We hold them hostage. And then you become a prison warden. But God called you to set the captives free. (laughs) So when you willingly not forgive someone, the, the Bible says that if you don't forgive someone, because you've been forgiven. Come on. You you have to forgive. It's We don't have a right to not forgive. We don't have a right to hold people in jail. We don't have a right to do that because we've been forgiven much. So if we say, God, is there anyone I need to forgive? And as soon as he highlights that person, repent. Say, Lord, forgive me for holding them hostage. I forgive them. I release them to you. And I thank you, Lord. And I bless them. That's building an altar of repentance. What about some things you've gotten yourself into? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys are more holy than me, but I've put myself (laughs) in some situations. (laughs) Disobedience. (laughs) God told me to do something and I didn't do it. Oh, come on put myself in situations. And now, I don't know how I'm going to get out. God says, repent in that place. Repent. God, forgive me for going my own way. Forgive me for taking the wheel. (laughs) And feeling like I have to be in control. Forgive me for that, God. I I turn away from those thoughts and that thinking that I'm in control. I repent. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me clean. Jonah, in Jonah chapter 2, He says this in the belly of the fish. He says in chapter, I told you, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Repentance. Repentance. Repentance in the storm. Repentance in the belly. Repentance 
in the situation. Do you repent in the moment of, of trial? That could feel like, well, why would I do that? I didn't ask for it. But again, Lord, search my heart. If this is happening because of something I did, Lord, I repent. Or this is happening because of what I did, I repent. (laughs) Give me one. I turn away from that. And I thank you, Lord, that you will restore me and remove the stain off of me. See, repentance is so powerful. And repentance draws you into a place of intimacy with God. Scripture tells us who can ascend to the hill of the Lord. Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Think about that. Think about that. Clean hands and a pure heart. How do we Get clean hands and a pure heart. Repentance. Clean hands and a pure heart. That's our prayer, Lord. As we come to the altar, we want clean hands and a pure heart. And as we pray that, the Lord begins to say, well, this is what's in your hand. This is what you've been holding on to. This is what you've been touching. Wow. Shaking it. This is what you put in your hand. What you have touched. And so, Father, I thank you. And I come before you and I repent of touching, holding on to anything that's not of you or be specific. Lord, forgive me for holding on to anger because that's what's in your hand right now. I, I throw down anger. I shake off offense. I no longer hold on to bitterness. I release that out of my hands. And as my hands are open, well, let me go back. I release that out of my hands. I repent right now. I denounce the lie. And as this is being released out of my hands, I now hold my hands open to receive what you have for me. In exchange. Thank you, Lord. We have to have a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, search my heart. 
what do I love more than you? Hmm. What am I longing for? What or who is seated on my heart? And as the Lord begins to reveal, say, Lord, I repent for putting that person, and you ha- you can name them, or it could be your, your, your kid, whatever it is. Lord, forgive me for putting that person on the seat of my heart, on the throne of my heart. I thank you, Lord, that you now will be seated, rooted, take residence in my heart. Amen? Clean hands and a pure heart. This is how we build an altar. This is how we build an altar of repentance. James 4, 8. I'm sorry, 4-7 says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So, this is how we build. This is how we build an altar of repentance. We submit ourselves to God. We come before him, come to the altar. We submit ourselves. And here it goes further. It says, resist the devil. There you go. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, the enemy wants you bound. Doesn't want you free. So he's going to do whatever it takes to keep you from the altar of repentance. He doesn't want you to build that. Because he he knows what repentance does. It draws you closer to God. And the closer you get to God, the closer he comes to you. And there's an intimacy that begins to happen. That's what he longs for. He had that with God. But because of his sin, because of rebellion, because of pride, Come on. Because he wanted to build a tower. His way. He was kicked out. So we have to be careful. And we've got to submit ourselves to God. And resist the devil. The Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee from you. You have to resist the devil. How do you do that? Be quick to repent. Listen, the Holy Spirit is always tugging at us. Always. And if if not, then you need to repent. (laughs) And say, Lord, forgive me for not listening and yielding to the Holy Spirit in my life. Because we're all filled with the Holy Spirit as believers, as Christians, amen? We're filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you're comfortable doing those things and you're reading your Bible and you're like, well, the Bible says that that's not okay, but you keep doing it and you're not feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit when you're doing it, then 
You got to repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. But the Holy Spirit is tugging you. That's when we need to stop and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of that. But we don't do that. We don't do that. But that's how you resist the devil. And he flees from you. When you're so quick, so quick to repent. Amen? It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. To approach God, we must be clean. We must be purified. We cannot come to a holy God and not clean our hands and purify our hearts. I want you to see repentance as washing your hands. I wash my hands, Lord. Every time I come before you, I wash my hands. I wash my hands. Jesus taught us in a model prayer. He let us know that we have to, when we come before the Father, we have to repent. We have to repent. So make sure that when you come to the altar of the Lord, the first thing you do is worship and praise Him. And then repent. Have that moment. Listen, you can have that moment at the altar with the Lord and repent. Or you can have to do that publicly. I always say, do it privately. Do it privately with God. Because if you don't do it privately with God, It'll, it'll come into the open. Think about David, going back to David. It was the prophet Nathan that called him out. It became public. And then he went into his place of repentance. Amen. But if we handle it at the altar, repent at the altar. Ask for forgiveness at the altar. Say, Lord, wash me clean. I wash my hands of that, Lord. Forgive me. Then once we repent, we have to denounce any lies that we've been believing. And then we say, Lord, what do you have for me in this place? 
What do you have in exchange? So this morning, I just want to pray for you. As you're on the altar, as you're building an altar for the Lord, and this is a moment, this is a marking moment, where you lay it all down. You submit yourself to God. And you repent. What is the Lord highlighting to you right now? Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we'll start like this. We'll say, Holy Spirit. I want you to say this. Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive? And whatever Holy Spirit gave you, begin to say, I forgive that person. And what do you forgive them of? I forgive them for hurting me. I forgive them for offending me. I forgive them. And Father, I repent of holding them captive and not releasing them to you. And I denounce every lie I have believed. I hand them to you, Lord, and I bless them. Thank you, Lord. Maybe he showed you something, something like I said earlier, right? A thorn in your side, a a log in your eye, a stone in your hand. What is he showing you? He says we have to have clean hands and a pure heart. So what's in my hand? What have I been touching? What have I been holding on to? Come on. What fingers have I been pointing? What What's in my heart? Who is on the throne of my heart? So just take a moment and as the Lord leads you and shows you, just say, Lord, I repent of that. Forgive me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I just thank God for what you're doing this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So this is this is the moment, this is the encounter, this is the marking moment that you have with God. And we just lay it all at the altar, Lord. We lay it at your
atrophy. I thank you, God, that we won't come back and pick up those things anymore. They are now burned at the altar. Thank you, God, for removing those things out of our lives so that we can be set free. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that your word says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, as we've confessed our sins before you, there's no shame on us. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We are covered by the blood. Our hands are clean. Our hearts are clean. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.